jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Here we go on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. Stephen Fonte on his way down to Clemson, South Carolina for this weekend's meeting between the Orange and the Tigers. We'll talk to him tomorrow on the show to get... A report from Clemson. We'll go down to Clemson for a report today with Grace Rayner of the Post Courier in South Carolina covering the Tigers. Really good stuff from Grace about the uh, the Kaylee Bryant departure and, and what has gone on there. Some really good stuff, so check her out uh, on Twitter and find the latest there. We'll talk to her in about 18 minutes from now. We'll talk to Brian Higgins in a little over an hour from now. You know Brian, of course from the Syracuse IMG Sports Network, uh, women's basketball voice here on ESPN Syracuse as well. Uh, so plenty to get to on today's show. We'll have today's business as always. Uh, I want to get to something later on in the program uh, about Ohio State and just how tone deaf they are and, and what they did today that is is just mind-blowing. So we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later as well. As always, the phone number 315-437-7644. The number to text in if you'd like. If you don't want to sit on hold, you don't want to call us, text us at 315-288-0644. And on Twitter, at Seth Goldberg 17 or at ESPN, at ESPN Syracuse. Those are the two Twitter handles to get to. We're talking SU Clemson for the majority of the first hour here on Orange Nation. And this game coming up on Saturday, my thoughts have really swayed. My thoughts have really swung back and forth on this game. I don't think Syracuse will win. I don't think that they'll be able to go down there and beat Clemson. I don't think that they'll be able to go down there and shock the Tigers again. Because I I think largely Clemson will be ready for it. I think largely Clemson's got their defense mechanisms up. I think they, you know know what's coming. They just lost to this team a year ago. So I think that they kind of know what's going on. They kind of know that Syracuse is a threat. So I don't think that they'll be able to go down there and surprise them. I don't think they'll be able to go down there and, and jump all over them like they might have last year. Like they did last year, to be totally honest. I think that they're going to have to go down there and just outplay them, which they did last year, but there's no promise they can do that again. My question becomes, how do you handle the defensive front of the Clemson Tigers? Are you able to get any kind of running game going? 
Are you able to get any kind of quick passing game going? Are you able to get any shots downfield? Or are they going to be in your backfield all day long? And that's the biggest problem, I think, that Syracuse has to face and figure out and and maintain in this game. Is there a way that they can alleviate that pass rush? Alleviate some of the pressure? Take it off Eric Dungy. Do you need Chris Elmore? Do you need Gabe Horan? Do you need Austin Hackett? Do you need somebody there who can go make another block? Does Dante Strickland have a bigger role in this game than Mo Neal? Because he's probably he seems to be a better blocker and a bigger body. I think that those are all questions that you've got to ask when you're looking at this game because Clemson's defensive line is so dominant, has been so dominant, will be so dominant, and is sending all four of their starters off to the NFL after this season. Right? That's the kind of talent that they've got along this defensive line. So I think those are the kinds of questions, and that to me is the biggest question. But those are the kinds of questions that you have to ask. This offensive line that has looked so good, this offensive line that has played so well and led to 100-yard rushers and, and you know allowed Eric Dungy to sit back in the pocket and throw five touchdown passes, is that offensive line going to be able to hold up? And, and I'm not saying don't get Eric Dungy hit, but are they going to be able to hold up enough to allow plays to develop, to allow plays to unfold, to allow things to happen on the football field? Because if there's one thing that you need, if there's one thing that you need more than anything else in football, it's time. It's an offensive line. You need that offensive line. I've said this before on this radio station, and I believe it, and I I will say it many times. The most important part of a football team is the offensive line. If you don't have the offensive line, Everything else is lost. If you don't have the offensive line, you can't run the ball, you can't maintain possession, you can't throw the ball because you don't have enough time to get the ball downfield and to get route runners downfield. If you can't hold on to the ball, if you can't convert first downs, if you can't run the ball and chew up some clock, your defense gets overexposed. And I don't care if you have the 85 Bears on the other side of the ball, if your defense is on the field for 40 minutes of a 60-minute game, you're going to get exposed. Just ask Oklahoma when they played Navy uh, Army this past weekend. Oklahoma's defense, Oklahoma's athletes are far superior to what Army has. Nobody would deny that. But Army had the ball for 47 of the 60 minutes. And guess what? They pushed them to overtime. So if you don't have that offensive line, and that wasn't Oklahoma's problem, by the way, on Saturday, but if you don't have that offensive line, then you're not able to hold on to the ball. We've seen this problem with Syracuse over the last couple of years. We've seen this problem with the New York Giants over the last couple of years. If you can't hold on to the ball, you can't do anything. The other team is going to get the ball, the other team is going to run down the throat of your defense, and the other team, by the end of the game, will have your defense so worn out that there's nothing they can do anymore. There is nothing they can do to stop them. And I think that that can happen in this game. That might happen in this game on Saturday. I think Syracuse's offensive line is far, 
far better than it has been the, the past three years. Last year, the year before, the year before. No doubt, it is far better. I think Syracuse's defense is far better than it was last year. Even far better, I would say, than it was when they played Clemson last season, and that defense played one of its best games uh, I can remember. I think the defense is playing at as good or better a level right now. But if that defensive line can wreak havoc, if that defensive line can cause problems, Syracuse is going to be in trouble. If that defensive line can get through and hit Eric Dungy and stop Mo Neal and Dante Strickland and Jarvian Howard in the backfield and can get to Dungy before Jamal Custis, before Sean Riley, before Nikeem Johnson, can get downfield or even downfield enough to make a play, the defense is going to be in a tough position. Football is all interconnected. If one unit's not working, the other unit is going to have to stress. I think. And I think that's the biggest problem going into this game. Because I think that Syracuse has a chance. Right? I think Syracuse has a better chance now than I did earlier this week. Earlier this week, I, I I didn't think that Syracuse had had any shot. I didn't. I didn't think they would cover. I thought that Clemson would win this game by three or four touchdowns. And they still might. But for some reason, I've got this growing feeling that the game will be closer. That the game will be tighter. That the game will not get out of hand. But I think it only doesn't get out of hand if Syracuse can keep that defensive line in check. Because if Syracuse can keep that defensive line in check, then I trust in Eric Dungy to go out and score points. I trust that Eric Dungy can lead this Syracuse offense to any to, to, to points on any defense in the country. And this will be the ultimate test of that. Because this will be far and away the best defense they face this year, barring a bowl game. So I believe and I trust that Eric Dungy can go out and score on anybody. But he's got to be given the time and he's got to be given the opportunity. And that's where the offensive line comes in. That's where the defensive line of the Clemson Tigers comes into play. And I just don't know that Syracuse can, can, can keep that defensive line under wraps. I just don't know if Syracuse can keep that defensive line in check, certainly in check enough, let's say, to be able to go score points. We saw last year they were able to score. They were able to con- to move the ball. They were able to control the clock. We saw it on a number of occasions. First drive out of the shoot, right? First drive, Syracuse goes downfield, scores a touchdown. Last drive of the game, and I think the last drive of the game in Clemson's in the Syracuse Clemson game last year was one of the more impressive drives that we've seen out of Dino Baber's offense in in his two plus years. I thought that drive was uh, amazing, and it wasn't fast paced. It wasn't up tempo. It wasn't a drive that that went down the field and ended in a score. It was a six and a half minute drive that took every last second of game time off the clock. 
that didn't give Clemson a chance to have the ball at the end of the game. And it was multiple third-down conversions. It was multiple big plays to keep the clock running. It was what Syracuse is going to need going down to Death Valley. They found a way last year to make plays against this defense, to make plays against this defensive line. And yes, this defensive line and this defense, another year older, another year wiser, another year more skilled and more developed. I get it. But Syracuse does have that tangible proof that they just did it, right? Syracuse has that ability to point to last year and say, you know we, we just beat you guys, right? You know we just got the better of you. You know we did it against these players last year. Hey, Dante Strickland, remember when you had that 20-yard screen pass that, that went for a touchdown? Hey, guys, remember that drive that we had at the end of the game when we ran six and a half minutes off the clock? Oh, right, we can do that against these guys. We can do that against this team, this defense. And I think that's probably the mindset that Syracuse has right now. And it's the one that I, I'm, I'm most intrigued to see. Because again, if this offensive line, if Aaron Service uh, and, and Aaron uh, Roberts and and uh, Coda Martin and, and those guys up front can uh, can stop or slow down, let's be honest, if, if they can slow down the Clemson defensive front, I think Eric Dungy can score. I think Eric Dungy can lead scoring drives if he's given the opportunity. But he's got to be given that opportunity. He's got to be given that chance. And I think the question will be, is he given the chance? Is he given the opportunity, given the strength of this Clemson defense, and that is their front four, and their ability to wreak havoc on quarterbacks and running backs in the backfield? If they can hold off Clemson's strength and at least keep them in check, Syracuse might have a shot. Let's go to the text line, 2880644. This one, uh, when you text in, sign sign your name or or something, by the way, so that we know who's texting us. But uh, this one saying, Clemson has SU figured out. Special teams and a little trickery is our only chance. Dungy will will be scrambling all game. Let's hope he doesn't get injured and SU can make it respectable. Now, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Right, that that this will be a tough challenge, and and I think that's the the basis of your message here. I I don't think it'll take special teams and trickery because that's not what happened in last year's game. And I know that now Clemson can look at Syracuse and say, "All right, we know what they're doing. We we know what the deal is." If you look at any of the games that Syracuse has played, they didn't beat Virginia Tech because of you know uh, trickery and flukiness. They didn't beat Clemson because of trickery and flukiness. They they didn't beat even Florida State earlier this year, who has better athletes than them because of trickery and flukiness. They beat them because they were the better team on that day, because they lined up from the team that was across from them and just flat out beat them. So I I don't think that if Syracuse wins or keep this close, I don't think it's because of trickery. I don't think it's because of some fluky thing. I think it's because they're a better team than we've seen in past years. 
and they're going to line up against Clemson, and they're going to give them their best punch. Why don't we take a timeout here on ESPN Radio when we come back. Grace Rayner from The Post and Courier will join us here on Orange Nation and tell us a little bit more about the Tigers and really give us some more insight on the Kelly Bryant situation and and their quarterback leaving. Because uh, Grace wrote a, a really good piece on Kelly Bryant and how that whole thing went down. So we'll talk to her coming up in a couple minutes here on Orange Nation. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. ESPN Syracuse is now on your smart speaker. Just search ESPN Syracuse on your Alexa app and click enable on the ESPN Syracuse skill. Then you can do cool stuff like say, Alexa, play ESPN Syracuse and and on we go. I I hope I set off the one in our office. I hope that I hope that Tommy had the speaker loud enough that when I say Alexa, play ESPN Syracuse, our speaker changes in the middle of the sales floor. That would be fun. Uh, I don't think that happened, but I'll have to hear. Uh, I'll have to hear from Tommy when he comes in in a little bit. Uh, good stuff from Grace uh, Rayner. If you missed it, it'll be up shortly on ESPNSyracuse.com in our audio vault, and you can get a uh, you can get. Uh, a really good insight on uh, Clemson and on this team. What went on with Kelly Bryant? And, of course, we talked about that defensive front. I'm curious to see how Syracuse tries to contain some of Clemson's weapons. And last year, they did a pretty good job of it. Outside of, what, I think it was a 51-yard run by Travis Etienne, uh, Syracuse did a pretty good job of main uh, of containing and and keeping those Clemson weapons those Clemson speed guys under wraps. And so if they can do that again, obviously you're in a good position. Now it'll be more difficult you're in Clemson's home environment, you're in Clemson's home stadium. It'll be a little more difficult to go out and do that. But this defense is going to have to show you something. And it's going to have to show me something, I think. Can the defense play well? Can the defense manage to avoid some of these big plays that they've given up? They gave up big plays against UConn, gave up big plays against Florida State, gave up big plays against Wagner, um, and certainly in that game against Western Michigan. Look, I think the defense has been really good for 15 of the 16 quarters this year. But if they've got one weakness, it is that big play. It is the susceptibility to to give up big chunk yardage. And... Quite honestly, against Clemson, uh, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a real problem because Trevor Lawrence is a good passer down the field. Uh, Travis Etienne is really fast coming out of the backfield. Uh, so is Tavian Feaster. And they could cause some some big issues uh, for Syracuse for this defense, basically with their team speed. Uh, with their team speed and, and with Trevor Lawrence's ability to stretch the field at a much better uh, success rate, let's call it than what Kelly Bryant was able to do. If the Syracuse defense can hold up, if Alton Robinson has another big game, I like the position that Syracuse is in. I I think there are a lot of ifs there, um, and we'll make official predictions tomorrow. But Syracuse's defense is going to have to answer a lot of questions that we've got about them in this game. right? If Syracuse's defense shows up and plays the same way they did against Florida State and is getting after Trevor Lawrence and is getting after the running backs in the backfield— it could be a really fun afternoon for Syracuse fans. Uh, if they're not, it could be a really long afternoon. 
Let's take a timeout. Tommy Hogan, our producer, is going to come in uh, next segment. We're going to play a game that he uh, he pitched to me as Cuse or Clemson. Uh, we'll let him explain a little bit more after this. We're back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Want to remind you that if you miss any of our shows, you can get caught up with our best of podcasts on the block on demand with Brent Axe, the Daniel Baldwin Show podcast, the In the Booth podcast, and 30 Minutes in Orange Nation. They're all on ESPNSyracuse.com, or you can subscribe on iTunes and Google Play and get them delivered straight to your phone each and every day. And while you're on ESPNSyracuse.com, check out the audio vault as well. Every interview we do, nice and neatly cut up and packaged for you right there in the audio vault, including our conversation with Grace Rayner earlier this hour and our conversation with Brian Higgins coming up in about 14 minutes from now. But for now, we have Tommy Hogan here in studio. Uh, before we get started with this Cuser Clemson thing, Tommy, I've got to ask: Did my did my Alexa play ESPN Syracuse thing work, or did I, you not have it loud enough? I'm very disappointed to say that it did not work. I was hoping it did too. I did not have the speaker loud enough that, that it would means, pick it up. That means you just have to crank it. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you, so. You just got to blast it. I think it would have if if, I, if the speaker was blasting, but I didn't have it uh, blasting today. <laughs> All right, so what do we have here? You 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 pitch this as Cuse or Clemson. Give us a little more. What what is this about? So I have a couple questions. And the answer to each one of these questions is Cuse or Clemson. And it's for this specific game, not on the season. It's for what will happen in this game. Saturday. Will, okay. Uh, Saturday, correct. So my first one is, which team throws for more yards? Cuse I'm gonna or Clemson? Go, I'm going to go Clemson. Uh, I really like Eric Dungy. I, I make no bones about it. I think Eric Dungy's really good. I think Eric Dungy's a, a special player and, and really good for this program. I think that Trevor Lawrence will have more success against Syracuse's defense than Eric Dungy will against Clemson's defense. Part of that having to do with Clemson's defensive line and being able to get to Eric Dungy. And also the fact that Dungy is a really big weapon with his feet. And, uh, well, quite honestly, Lawrence isn't. right. Lawrence is going to stand in the pocket, stay in the pocket, and throw the ball. Dungy, I'm not saying he's going to look to run first, but he will look to run much easier than Lawrence Sure, does. he'll always have that option. Exactly. Um, so you talked about the D-line for, for Clemson. Syracuse's D-line is also the strength of their defense. It is. So I ask, which team will have more sacks? The Clemson defense or the SU defense? I think... Huh. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Syracuse. And I say this not so much as a as an evaluation of the two defensive lines, but almost more so an evaluation of the two quarterbacks. I I just, you know, said this, that Dungy can can run and Dungy can move, and Trevor Lawrence can't. Um, and I, I think that sometimes that makes it a little bit easier for the defensive line, right? And, and you know where that quarterback's going to be. He doesn't have that mobility. He doesn't look to use the mobility. And so I think that even though Clemson's defensive line might be in the backfield more, might be causing more problems for Eric Dungy than Syracuse's defensive line causes for Trevor Lawrence, I think that it's possible that Dungy goes down fewer times because he's able to escape a couple. 
if if that makes any sense. But I I think that he'll be able to escape a couple more sacks than Lawrence will, yeah. and that could be the difference. That definitely makes sense. Chris Slayton needs to have a huge game for Syracuse because you need that pressure up the middle for uh, on the D line for a quarterback that wants to stay in the pocket. Right. And Syracuse's strength is their defensive ends so far this season. So if Chris Slayton has a big game too, you're you're gonna have those defensive ends coming off the edge. Can you get that pressure up the middle to get Trevor Lawrence out of the pocket? That will be a huge key, I think, in this game. Chris Slate and McKinley Williams are, yep. are going to be really big in this game, yep. no doubt. Uh, so, which team's defense has more interceptions? And I have some stats on here that would probably raise some questions for you, but which team's defense will have more interceptions in this game? I feel like interceptions are really fluky. Fair. I, I feel like they're really fluky. And my stat and might... might um, agree with you. I'll I'll go Syracuse. I, I think that they'll pick off the senior quarterback and and that freshman hit, quarterback, uh, the freshman quarterback. Yes, and and I think that he'll be looking to uh, make different kinds of dangerous plays. If that makes sense, I, I think that Eric Dungy to this point has been very smart with how he's thrown. You haven't seen throws into too tight of a window. Uh, we heard from Grace Rayner that Trevor Lawrence can make that play and can make that throw into a tight window, and I think that sometimes that can lull you into uh, a sense of confidence that you can make any play. And when you're trying to make that throw and fit it between two or three defenders, that's the ball that's going to get intercepted. So I'll say Syracuse has more interceptions. Uh, the Syracuse defense has more interceptions in this game. And the stat I, has, I have will agree with you on this, and maybe it's the quality of opponent that Clemson has faced over what Syracuse has faced. The Syracuse defense has seven interceptions this year. Clemson has not had an interception yet, and they've played Georgia Tech, who doesn't throw the ball. So that goes into it. But seven interceptions from Syracuse. Clemson, zero. The the Syracuse quarterbacks have only thrown one interception. Clemson quarterbacks have thrown four. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that... I think that some of that has to do with play calling, offensive system, that whole deal. I think it has to do with the, the defensive stuff has to do with who you're playing. Um but then again, you know, Andre Cisco had had what two interceptions uh, against DeAndre Francois. So it's not like he, you know, it's he's not like he's four this year, right? So yeah. it's I, I don't think it's I don't think it's like he's been doing it against against the bad teams. So yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I think that Syracuse will end up with with a couple more, maybe one or two more interceptions, uh, really just because of of the way that they play offense. Eric Dungy's throws seem to be more in space, more towards the outside of the field. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, if he thinks he can fit a ball into a tight window, might be throwing over the middle a little bit more, um, and that I, I think that could lead to some problems. So I'll, I'll go Syracuse's defense. The turnover battle is always huge in a in a game where you're trying to pull off the upset. So hopefully, if Syracuse pulls us off, that that is right. the way it goes. Um, so some funny ones now. Which team? And I'm not going to say quarterback because it would be a landslide. Which team has the better hair? Andre Cisco, Dino Babers has praised his hair. Sure. There's two offensive linemen, Coda Martin and Aaron Service, who have the long the hair. The long, flowing hair. I, and I then don't there's know. obviously Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I don't know Clemson's has... hair enough, so I'll just go push. Okay. I'll That's the easy push. way out. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is the very easy way out. <laughs> so uh, we'll end this with which team stays undefeated? Clemson. Because I think Clemson's gonna I think Clemson ultimately is gonna win this game. So so Clemson would stay undefeated, obviously, in that situation. Yeah. Um I think probably look, the case, but I think it'll hopefully be clo- not. I think it'll be closer than I thought it would be at the beginning of the week. And and we'll make our picks on that um 
you know, coming up tomorrow when Didn't we get mean Steve to ruin on the that, phone. Sorry. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> when we get Steve on the phone, we'll we'll get our our, our official picks on the book. I do think Clemson's going to win, but at the beginning of the week, um, I thought there was almost no chance that that Syracuse would cover. I, I thought that Clemson would take care of business. They would win by you know twenty four or, or twenty eight, and and they would move on. The more this week has gone along, and I, I don't know why, but the more this week has gone along, the more I think that they can keep this close. And and if they can keep it close and keep it interesting, um, I think that's almost all you can ask for at this point if you're a Syracuse fan, because you've already gone 4-0. You've already done something you haven't done in 25 years, 27 years. Um, if you can go down to Clemson and play a good, you know, representative game, um, I think you're really happy with that. And then you come back and, and you have Pitt the next week. You, you, you know, you've got to go beat Pitt. And, and I, I don't think you feel bad about going down to Clemson and losing, I guess is the larger point. So if you go down there and play a representative game, like I, I think that Syracuse fans probably come out of that uh, almost thinking it's a win, right? It, it's You went down there, you stayed healthy, you played a, a really good representative game, and, and you didn't embarrass yourself. Sure. I think that's a win. Adam Terry said this on In the Booth yesterday, and I think it's a really good point, and maybe it's a reason why you have got increasingly confident in Syracuse maybe in this game. Kelly Bryant transferring allows Syracuse to only prepare for one quarterback, yep. which I think is a very good point. You don't have to prepare now for someone that will get out of the pocket and can scramble. You can, you can only or you only have to prepare for a, a pocket quarterback, which I think is yeah. an excellent point. No, I, I mean, we talked about this yesterday, too, and I, I think that it makes the preparation easier yeah. uh, for Syracuse going into this game. The fact that it happened and you started to hear word of this leaking out so early in the week, I, I think really made it easier. Uh, for Dino Babers, Brian Ward, this coaching staff, uh, to go put a game plan together. Thank you, Tommy. Let's get your Sports Center update. When we come back, we'll have Brian Higgins coming up on Orange Nation. But first, here's Tommy.